There's power in the name of. There's healing in the name of. There's salvation in the name of. The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. How many of you want to become great, mighty, and populous? Hallelujah. And I believe that God will grant our desire. Can I have an amen? Uh, this morning, who are, who are here? Pastors, church workers. All right. Hallelujah. Now, starting from uh, yesterday, we began a journey that would help us to understand how we can become great, mighty, and populous. In other words, how we can build large churches or mega churches. Hallelujah. When you have a mega church, you are great. You are mighty. And you are populous. Hallelujah. Last year, we had our Good Friday service at the Independence Square. Um, for some time now, that is where we have been having it. Lighter Chapel International. And um, the Independence Square in Accra is actually the second largest public square in the whole world world. The, the largest is the Tiananmen Square in China. And the second largest is the one that we have in Accra. And last year when we gathered, the churches, the Lighter Chapel International churches in Accra and the surrounding areas, when we gathered, there were 100,000 people there. And the former president, the, the immediate past president, attended the service. And he was amazed. Because earlier on, during the Independence Day celebrations on the 6th, he was there. And he said, I was not able to gather even one-sixth of the crowd that is here. And I believe that he realized that the church is great, is mighty, and is populous. Hallelujah. Now, to build a mega church... To have a mega church, you have to build it. That is why yesterday I started by speaking about building the church. A large church does not fall 
to the ground automatically from heaven. Hallelujah. If you want to have a large church as a pastor, you must begin a difficult journey to have it. Can I have an amen? And to begin with, I want to remove a certain mindset from you this morning about a mega church. Many pastors are afraid to even say they want to have a mega church. Because it almost sounds, it's, it's almost as if it's proud to say, I want a mega church. I remember that in the early 90s, Bishop Doug put a big signboard, a big sign in our cathedral and the sign said the mega church. The mega church. By the way, there are some three books that uh, I'm going to be showing them to you. I want to, all of you to have them. Books by Bishop Doug. The first one is Church Planting. The second one is the mega church. And the third one is church growth, it is possible. Now, when he put the sign in the church, and he started speaking about the mega church, many pastors were unhappy about it. Why do you call yourself the mega church? You know, but truly, 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 years later, the church has truly become a mega church. Hallelujah. When we talk about a mega church, what are we talking about? We are talking about a large church. A large church. And a large church simply, listen to this. A large church simply means that through your ministry, God has brought a lot of people into his kingdom. That is all that a large church means. If a businessman produces vehicles and he says, I want to build a big car assembling, car producing factory to produce every month 1,000 cars. Alright? And he's able to do it. It means, number one, he's bringing more cars into the society. And number two, He's getting richer and richer and richer. So, a large church or a mega church, a mega church, simply means that God has used you wherever you are to translate thousands of people from the kingdom of darkness into the glorious kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are a pastor, you are a church worker, and you are against a mega church, I want to put it to you that you don't know why you are in the ministry. Because Jesus told Peter, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. You are going to fish men. Hallelujah. 
And it is the will of God that all men will be saved. In John chapter 15 and verse 8, Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bring forth much fruit. For then shall ye be my disciples. Hallelujah. So shall ye be my disciples. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He says, My Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. Can I have an amen? So as pastors, if the churches we pastor are empty or have only few people, then it means that we are not glorifying God. I didn't say, don't be angry with me. That's what the scripture is saying. Hallelujah. Is it because the scripture says in Proverbs 14 that, that, that the, the honor of the king is in the multitude of the people and God is a king. So God is honored when he has a lot of people. Hallelujah. Political parties want a lot of followers. Is that not so? Is that the case? Every political party wants to canvas for a lot of people to follow them. Football clubs want a lot of fans to follow them. Do you understand that? A church, a pastor of a church must want a lot of people to enter the church to come to become the sons and daughters of God. And that is the will of God. The will of God is not to save a few people. No. No. If your church has a few people, has had a few people, 20 people for the past 5 years, 10 people, 50 people for the past 7 years, do not think that you are doing the will of God. That is not the will of God. Jesus said, my father is glorified when you bear much fruit. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible says that who wants all men to be saved. Eh? Who have all men to be saved. And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Take note. God wants not some men to be saved. He wants all men to be saved. All men in your town. All men in your village. All men in your city. Wherever you have been placed as a pastor. Eh? The will of the Lord is that all the people there will be saved. I'm trying to explain. You see, I'm trying to remove something from your mind. Because as by the grace of God, I've traveled to teach pastors about the need to grow churches. I realize that there's a mental block. And you cannot have something that you don't believe in. You cannot have it. 
Anything that you don't believe in, anything that you despise, anything that you have an aversion for, will not come to you. So the journey to building a mega church, alright, the journey to building a mega church starts from you understanding that that is the will of God. Who will want all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What truth? That Jesus Christ is Savior. And Jesus Christ loves all men. And Jesus Christ wants all men to be saved. Can I have an amen? amen. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Hallelujah. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Yes. As some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us world, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Watch this. Not willing, not willing that any, that any should, perish, should perish, but that, that what? All should come to repentance. But that what? Who should come to repentance? Oh. Who? Oh. A few people. Hundred people, uh, two thousand women, five thousand children, all, all, all. Listen, we must believe God. We must believe God for the time to come, as prophesied in Isaiah chapter two. I believe that all men will run to the mountain of God. We must believe God for a time where people would enter our churches, whole towns, whole villages, whole cities would enter our churches. Hallelujah. May God give you a problem. Now, every pastor, lift up your right hand. I'm going to give you a problem. I'm going to ask God to give you a problem. Lift up your hand. Pastors, church workers, lift up your hand. Father, Send them a problem. And this is the problem. The problem is that you will not have a church building big enough to receive the people that God is giving to you. How many of you want that problem? Do you want that problem? Yes. A time will come that you will say no. Well, when we have reached, our church building cannot take us. We have built a church for 100 people. We have had to expand it to five, 500. We have had to expand it to 5,000. We have had to expand it to 10,000. Now, let's begin to have service in the open field. Because God wants all men to be saved. Hallelujah. And that's it's the first reason why you must have a mega church. This morning, I'm talking about 25 reasons why you must have a mega church. Wow. 25 reasons why you must have a mega church. 
And the first reason is that God wants all men to be saved. Number two, you must have a mega church, number two, because it is the most appropriate vision for a pastor. You must have a mega church because it is the most appropriate vision. For a pastor. Hallelujah. Now, every true pastor must have the vision of God using him to win a lot of people into the kingdom of God. That must be the vision of every true pastor. Yes. If you are a pastor, your vision must be only one thing. Lord, use me that through my ministry, multitudes will come into your kingdom. Any other aim, any other aspiration, any other vision aside from this is inappropriate for a pastor. You say, why is that? I will explain. I'm a doctor. The aim of a doctor, the aim of a doctor is not to kill people, but to make people well. That is why when you go to countries where doctors are not paid much and the conditions of service are poor, they still work with their conscience. Because a doctor's aim is to make sure that people keep on living. So when you see a doctor who is always killing his patients, that doctor does not have the appropriate aim of a doctor. How many of you agree with me? Yes. Now, in football, in football, how many of you love football? In football, there are 11 players on the field. And one of them is called a striker. Usually he wears the number 9 jersey. Now, the striker, any good football striker has one aim. His aim is not to go and defend. His aim is not to go and take corner kicks. No. A striker's aim is to make sure that he puts the ball into the net. That's all. That is the most appropriate aim of a striker. And in fact, based on their ability to score goals, they are, they are, they are, they are bought at very high prices. Hallelujah. A soldier, when you are a soldier and you are sent to battle, your appropriate aim is to kill the enemy. Hmm. Hello? I said your appropriate aim. The reason why you have been given an A447 as a soldier is to kill the enemy. 
Even if you are a born again uh, soldier, even if you are born again soldier, and the enemy is coming, your, your aim as a born again soldier, when you see the enemy, will not be to witness to him that you give his life to Christ. By the time you witness to him, you will die. The appropriate aim of a soldier, even if, even if he's a born again Christian, is to kill the enemy. How many of you agree with me? In the same way, the most appropriate aim of a pastor is to make sure that multitudes enter the kingdom of God. But you see, in our days, pastors, we have become money preachers. Pastors have become more than bankers, professional bankers. When you stand in the pulpit, a pastor must not be a professional banker. Spending all your sermon on success. Teaching your members how they can get more money and more property. A pastor's aim is not about how you can become richer and richer and richer and how they and drive the most expensive cars and, and build the largest churches, the largest buildings for himself. But unfortunately, when you go into our churches today, this is what we, the pastors, we are doing. We have become stock exchange brokers, business consultants. These days, many pastors, apart from the ministry, attach business to the ministry. They pastor and they do business. Hello? I got what I'm saying. That is why you are not having another church because you don't have that aim, you don't have that vision. The most appropriate vision for a pastor is a mega church. To build a large church that through you, the Lord will save many people into his kingdom. Can I have an amen? amen? And without that aim, you are not going to do much. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that loves the law, happy is he. Hallelujah. I got what I'm saying. If you don't have the vision to have a mega church, you are not going to have a mega church. And at another session, I'm going to be teaching more into details about this vision. But at this time, suffice it for us to understand that if we are a pastor, if we are a church worker, building a mega church is your most appropriate vision. Yes. 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 Building a mega church is your most so after this conference after this conference when you go change your focus change your focus let there be let there be a redirection of your efforts 
to building a mega church. A large church. Hallelujah. Because I said it from the beginning that a mega church does not fall from heaven. A mega church must be built. It must be built. And if you build it, you will have it. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen? So, that is the second reason why you must have a mega church. The third reason why you must have a mega church is because the prophetic destiny of every church that the Lord builds is to have a greater end than the beginning. You must have a mega church because the prophetic destiny of every church that the Lord builds is to have a greater end than the beginning. Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. So, pastors, don't be discouraged today if your church is small. Don't give up. Many pastors are very discouraged. Many pastors are very frustrated. Many pastors are giving up on ministry because they think that the ministry is not working. But you must understand that if you have faith in the law and you keep working, God's prophetic word for that church is that its end will be greater than the beginning. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? God will do something greater as you go on in the ministry. So keep on. Do not give up. Hallelujah. Do not give up. God's prophetic end for your church is that it will be greater. There are churches here today that are 20 that will be 500. There are churches here today that are 50 that will become 1,000. There are churches here that today are 200 that will become 2,000. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Yes. Yes. Now, so if God says that your end will be greater, then you must continue to press on. And you must continue to desire. And you must continue to work. And you must continue to press on until you see it. May you continue to press on until you see a mega church. May you never, never give up in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can I have an amen? Your prophetic destiny is a mega church. You are going to see greatness. I said you are going to see greatness. Hallelujah. Yes. When Bishop Doug started the church, he was a, a medical student, a young medical student, 
and he started a church in a little classroom with a few nursing students and mainly students and little, little boys and girls, young people in a little classroom. But that is the church, Lara Chapel International, that today, from a little classroom in the capital city of Ghana, Accra, in a hospital, all right, has grown and has entered more than 70 countries in the world and branched and grown into 3,000 churches. Yes, that little church, that little church, it was small, but God has enlarged it. And if you continue, God will do the same thing for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I see the day that living word of faith, outreach ministries, international, will become such a great church. That when we gather, we have to gather at the stadium. Are you receiving it? I said, when we gather, we have to gather at the stadium. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Now, something that you don't believe will not happen to you. It is the prophecy that you believe that you will experience. And so I prophesy into your life. I prophesy into this church. I prophesy into this ministry. Living Word of Faith. Outreach Ministries International. The days of smallness have come to an end. You are entering into multitudes. Everywhere. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes. 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 You will see it with your hand. I said, you see it with your eyes. I said, you see it. Now, what you have to do is to believe the word of God. And to desire it. Jesus said, Blessed are they who test and hunger after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So if you hunger after that, you'll be filled. Can I have an amen? amen? Number four. Number four. Number four. The fourth reason why you must have a mega church. The fourth reason why you must have a mega church is because most pastors are deceived that the work is done. Most pastors are deceived that the work is done. Most pastors are deceived. Now listen to me. Many of us pastors, we walk in deception when it comes to the work of the Lord. We sit in our churches and when we look at our churches, we say, wow! What a great work God has used me to do. What a great work. When you have 50 people, when you have 100 people, 
when you don't have any branches, when your city has a population of 30,000 people and then you have 200 of them in the church, you are happy about that. That is the spirit of deception. You are deceived. You are deceived. Any pastor, listen to this, any pastor who is happy about what God has used you to do and you have started congratulating yourself, you are deceived. You are deceived. Because there is so much work to be done. What did Jesus say? Matthew chapter 9 and verse 37. He said the harvest is truly plenteous. The harvest is truly plenteous. The harvest of souls. The harvest of souls are a lot. And therefore, it is not true that we have arrived. How many of you agree that we have not arrived? Have you arrived? Are you okay? Are you okay with what you have in the church? No, you cannot be okay. Even if you have one million people, if your church has one million people in Freetown, alright, I'm sure that the population of Freetown is far in excess of one, one million. And remember that God wants all men to be saved. As long as some people are not saved, a pastor cannot be happy. But we are very happy. No, we are very happy. We give ourselves titles. Apostle. Bishop. Recently, I went somewhere. I went somewhere and a bishop invited me to preach. He really, really put pressure because the reason why I, I was there was not to preach. But he put pressure. And I was told about this bishop, how he organized large programs and bring important speakers and personalities from all across the world. So when I was going to the church, I said, wow, I'm going to the church of a bishop. When I entered the church, when I entered the church, I was surprised. I was surprised at what I saw. Just a few people. Just a f- and when I say a few people, I mean a few people. His real church. His real church. And was carrying the title of the bishop. Yesterday, when I, when I finished preaching, I went to Bishop Sam's office and I was going to the album. And I was, I was enjoying the pictures of the consecration. You see, when a man of God has worked for others to recognize him and to say, this is the office that you deserve. You see the pastors. Yesterday, I was so happy as was mentioned, the pastors and the branches. Do you understand? This is a bishop. This is a bishop. This is a bishop. I, I was telling him about the faith cathedral. It's an amazing building. This bishop that I'm talking about was renting somebody's church building. Renting. The person will have his church and then in the evening, then you have a service of a few people like the people here. 
C'est Bishop. We are deceived. The apostle. I'm apostle. Apostle doctor. Shut up. Get to the job. Put the titles down. Get to the street. Let's build a mega church. Reverend Apostle, Reverend Doctor, Potentate, Vice God, Vice God, and the churches are empty. Churches are empty. Churches are empty. We want to drive big cars for everybody to see that we are men. When we appear in public, you should see our chains. You should see our chains. You should see our bodyguards. You should see our bodyguards. We cannot even carry our iPad. We can't carry it. Three bodyguards must carry our iPads. We are deceived. I said we are deceived. We are deceived. Hallelujah. Many of us are walking in pomposity. Pomposity. Instead of getting to the job, humbling ourselves, crying before the altar, lying down and say, Lord, if you can use anybody, if you can use anybody, Lord, if you can use anybody, Lord, please use me. The church is empty. Please, can you bring in the people? Can you draw in the people? You should see us. Okay. Bodyguards. Bodyguards. When we are preaching, three are standing here, three are standing here, three are standing here. Hey. Wait till we have arrived. Listen, pastors, there's a lot of work to be done. Hello? There is a lot of work to be done. You know, by the grace of God, God has blessed the church I pastor with a lot of people. Thousands on Sunday. See, thousands of people come and go. But I tell you, we use we use we use 80 buses to bring the people from their homes to attend church on Sunday. Different sizes. Some are big, some are small. Every Sunday. But Bishop, every Sunday I get depressed because on my way to the church, I see thousands of young men, thousands of young women exercising, doing keep fitting on the streets. On the streets. My church is not too far from the beach. I see them on the beach. Hundreds of them. They, they, they just come, come. This is a student from Ceylon. Austin, he's from here. Is it true what I'm saying? Bishop, it's very true. Yeah. And then in the community where my church is, like this, the community has so many people that when you walk from one end of a street to another end, as you are walking, you can easily meet 500 people on the street. So when I look at what God has given to me, and I compare it with the population of the people, I cannot congratulate myself. 
cannot. And you see, that thing is from Satan. Thank you. It is Satan that is telling us, the pastors, that it is okay. <laughs> you see, that voice that you hear that it is okay. That voice that you hear that this is all that you can achieve for God. The hundred people in the church, that is all that you can achieve for God. It is the voice of Satan. It is Satan that tells you, you have done well. You have done well. You have done well. I, I, I don't know your bishop, but the little interaction I've had with him, I sense a man who loves God and who wants to do great things for God. Yeah. Actually, that's why I'm here. That is why I had to move heaven and earth to be here. Because I saw that the man has hunger. The man has hunger to do something greater for God. But most pastors are not like that. Yes, most pastors are not like that. Many people are dying. Other religions are taking over our countries. Sierra Leone, your country is being overrun by other religions. Soon, your children will come back. Your, your children, they will come back from school. And they will be telling you some other things. Your daughter will tell you that, Mama, from today, I'm a boy. Yes. Your son will tell you that, I don't want to get married to a girl. I want to get married to another boy. This is what is happening in the world now. As we are happy, we are very, very happy. We cannot be happy. The work is not done. There's a lot of work to be done. Living Word of Faith Outreach Ministries. This church must go everywhere. For as long as we don't have this church in every corner of Sierra Leone, we cannot congratulate ourselves. Are you here or you go home? Are you here? How many of you are here? Let me just make sure that you are here. Are you here? Yes. For as long as, for as long as this church has not crossed the borders of Sierra Leone to affect other nations, because there are other nations. There are other nations. There are other peoples. Jesus says, start from Jerusalem, then go to Judea, then go to Samaria, and go to the uttermost part of the earth. For as long as we have not done, we cannot congratulate ourselves. We cannot sleep. We cannot be at peace. We cannot rejoice. We cannot put titles on ourselves. You're all very quiet. I don't know why you are quiet. You want me to tell you that tomorrow you will get a lot of money. I, I should prophesy that you will become the next richest man in Ceylon. <laughs> Hello? How many of you can understand the word? So we should not be deceived. Listen, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. Yes. It's a lot. We have to start more churches. We have to grow larger churches. Larger churches mean that more people are moving from the world into the kingdom. That is why the Son of Man came to shed his 
blood pastors. The fact that you can pay yourself does not mean that you have arrived in ministry. The fact that you can pay your children's school fees, the fact that you are driving you know, a car, does not mean that you have arrived in ministry. The ministry is not about that. The ministry is about the salvation of the multitudes who don't know the Lord. We must be filled with a burden to see multitudes entering into our churches. Yes. 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 I said we must be filled for a burden, a burden, a burden, not a burden to become rich. Not a burden to live in a large house. Not a burden to drive a good car. And you see, it's as if that these things are not good. Look, when you follow the Lord, eh? Eh? When you follow the Lord, these things will come into your life. Look, let me let you feel relaxed. Perhaps you think that I'm against any of this. I'm not against them. I drive a good car. When you sit in my car, my car is like a plane. Yes. God has blessed me with a good house. Even houses. I've been to school before. That is not a point. I'm saying that as you serve the Lord, seeking first the kingdom of God and all these other things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. So, pastors... And you see, the problem is for us, the pastors. We are teaching the wrong things in the church. The emphasis is too wrong. The emphasis on promotion, on prosperity, on getting rich, on getting richer. You see, the prosperity message, pastors, is a true message. But we have taken it too far. We have taken it too far. So, what has happened is that, what has happened is that, our members have been fed with this message. So when they come to church and they sit down, this is all that they want to hear. And watch. Watch. Where are the rich members in our churches? Where are the millionaires? Where are the members in our churches when if you want to build a church, they will say, Pastor, no need for fundraising. I will pay for it. Where is it? Where is it? You have been preaching for 10 years about prosperity and riches. But how come that your members are not blessed? Because they are not serving the Lord. Because they are not serving the Lord. Because your emphasis is wrong. So now let us change the message. Let us tell the members, you need to preach. You need to do the work of God. You need to plant a church. You need to be part of what is going on in the church. Let us raise up an army of hard-anointed, Jesus-loving uh, members who want to become part of the workforce and do great things for the Lord. And it starts from the pastors. It starts from the pastors. 25 reasons why you must have a mega church. Number one, because it is the most appropriate vision. Number one, it's, the first one is because God wants to save all men. 
Number two is the most appropriate vision. Number three is what? The prophetic destiny of every church is that what? Yes, the end will be greater. Number four, because most pastors are hot, deceived. Hallelujah. Number five, you must have a mega church because God wants his house to be full. You must have a mega church because God wants his house to be full. Luke chapter 14 and verse 23. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 14 and verse 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and edges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Watch it. Watch it. Everybody look at it. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out unto the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That my house may be filled. Hello? The desire of God is that his house, the church, the church of God will be full. Full! Watch it. Watch. Put the scripture back. That my house may be filled. 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 Not that my house will have a few people. Not that my house will be half filled. Not that my house will be three quarters filled. But God says, I want my house to be full, full, full. Pastor, after this conference, when you go, look at the church that you have. Ask yourself, is this church full? If it is not full, tell yourself, God wants this church to be full. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. So when you have a large hall that can take 100 people and you have 20 people, it is not full. And even when that hall that can take a hundred people becomes full of a hundred people, you can start another service to make it full again. And have another service to make it full again. And have another service. You can have ten services on a Sunday. So instead of having hundred people, hundred times ten is a thousand people. And a thousand people is different from a hundred people. The will of God is that his house will be filled. That is why you must have a mega church. That is why a pastor must desire to have a mega church. That is why a pastor must be praying to say, Oh Lord, please, please Lord, help me. Help me. The church is empty. The church is empty. Please fill it. Fill it. And if God sees your heart, God will fill that church. Hello? Yes. If God sees your heart, God will fill that church. But you see, like I said earlier on, many pastors are deceived. And many pastors, our focus is not on the church. 
You should see a pastor who is trying to grow a church. He has turned himself into an itinerant minister. Preaching everywhere. Holding programs everywhere. If you want the church to grow, you must spend all your attention on that church. There's a time that you must stay building that church and there's a time when you can travel. Yes. 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 But you see pastors running around, preaching here, moving here, going here. Meanwhile, the church is not full. And the church demands all your attention. It demands all your attention. Hello? So there's a time I remember Bishop Down, Building Lighter Chapel International. Right up until I mean the first about uh, the first about ten years. Eight, ten years. He did not go anywhere. He did not go anywhere. He was always at the church. Preaching on Sundays, preaching during the weekdays, training pastors, having pastors, training programs, camp meetings, eh? training people to go and start churches and branches. For the first about eight to ten years. By this time, the church had become like about 70 to 100 branches. Apart from the main church. That is the period from which we saw him now traveling and preaching around. Yes. You have to give your attention to that church. To build it. Stop jumping around. I said, stop trying to be a man of God. You don't make yourself a man of God. It's God that makes you a man of God. Yes. But we are trying to make ourselves men of God. When you don't have a church. When you have 30 people in the church for 5 years. 30 people for 5 years. In a place where there are 40,000 people. 10,000 people. You have 40 members. For the past three years, seven years, eight years, three years. And then you are moving around trying to be a man of God. You don't understand what you are doing. Hallelujah. Can you people receive the message? Bishop Sam, I'm wondering whether you have brought the right person to your church. I told you, I told you yesterday. I asked you yesterday, are you ready to accept the truth? Because we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. How many of you agree that what I'm saying is true? Is it not true? Is it not true? You see a man who goes and says, Bishop, even Bishop Doctor. Bishop Doctor Apostle. He doesn't have a church. He doesn't have a church. (laughs) He doesn't have a church. He's meeting under a shed. A shed. A shed of 50 people. He has made himself a bishop. An apostle. Prophet. Prophet, apostle, doctor. 
Hallelujah. Hello? Are you here? Are you here? Yes. God wants his house to be filled. God wants his house to be filled. God wants his house to be filled. Now, when the church becomes 20 people, God wants it to become 30 people. When it becomes 30 people, God wants it to become 50 people. When it becomes 50 people, God wants it to become 70 people. When it becomes 70 people, God wants it to become 120 people. God wants it to become 200 people. God wants it to become 500 people. God wants more people. More people. More people. He said, go and compel them so that my house will be full. Hallelujah. Now, every pastor, listen to this. Every pastor must fill your church building with more chairs than the people in the church. <laughs> so, if your building takes, can take 100 chairs and you have 30 people, fill it with 100 chairs. Do you know why? So that every Sunday when you go, you'll be depressed. You'll be depressed. Yes. You must be depressed every Sunday. When somebody calls you man of God, say, I beg you, I beg you. I'm not a man of God. I've not even started to be a boy of God or a girl of God. You can give the, give the Lord a wonderful cup of him. Yes. When we started building the church where I am currently, the cathedral, 2008, 2008 um, April, we found ourselves in this huge cathedral that can take thousands of people. It used to be our international headquarters, then we built a new one and we moved there. And the bishop said, go and start another church there. We closed it down. We closed down the church for one year. And then we, 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 re, we restarted. The church had about 250 people. And when we arranged the 250 people, they were just in the front like this. And the whole of the rest of the cathedral, with its balconies like this, was empty empty <laughs> empty and every time I entered my heart started beating I said my God please help me help me help me several times I'll ask the members during the service go around the empty chairs lay your hands on them and prophesy to them Empty chair. Somebody is sitting on you. Somebody is sitting on you. Somebody is sitting on you. Yes. <laughs> I was never happy. But see, a church of 250 people, that is quite a large church. Yes. But I was not happy. Because God said, I want my house to be filled. Amen. So we decided to work. 
We decided to pray. We decided to cry unto the Lord. Use us, 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 Lord. Amen. Today, we can fill that cathedral three times full. Easily. 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 When we have big programs, it stretches onto the streets. But it was empty. It was empty. And now I've adopted another strategy. Instead of filling the cathedral of all that we have, I've created services. So on a Sunday morning, we have six outdoor services. So when we fill, we can't fill everywhere. So there's room for us to continue to fail. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's room for us to continue to fail. If all the six services fill up to 1,000 people, that is 6,000 people. Wow. Can you understand that? Yes. So don't try, don't try to, to do the wrong things. Fill the church because God wants the church to be filled. Add more chairs. Add more chairs. Don't pack the chairs here and here and create big alleys and put flowers there to decorate the church. Remove the flowers and put chairs there so that you can see that the church is empty and pray to God and say, Lord, I beg you, bring people from the communities and fill the chairs and God will fill your churches. Hallelujah. Number six. The sixth reason why you must have a mega church. Are you receiving the word of God? How many of you are realizing that a mega church is very important? Yes. And I want to give all of you a vision. I was going to give, you, give it to you maybe tomorrow, but let me give it to you now. Every pastor here, you must have a vision. Your vision is that God will use you to build a church of at least 1,000 people. You, you didn't say amen. Yeah. If I said that every pastor, your vision should be that you get American visa and travel. There would have been a big amen here. I said a pastor, every pastor here, have a vision that God will use you to build a church of at least 1,000 people. Can I have an amen? 1,000 people. Yes. Yeah. Conceive. Conceive 1,000 people in your spiritual womb. Hello? And God will give, give them to you. Yes. We started a brand new service last year. Last year, February. Last year, February or March. I think exactly a year now. A brand new service. It didn't exist. One year later, right now, as I'm talking to you, it has 500 people in attendance. Yeah, 500 people in attendance. So, I'm saying, have a vision for God to use you to build a church of at least 1,000 people. 
That's a mega church. I said, that's a mega church. May God grant you the grace for the mega church. May God grant you the wisdom for the mega church. May God grant you the anointing for the mega church. In the name of Jesus. Number six. You must have a mega church because the biblical examples of the church were mega churches. You must you must have a mega church because the biblical example examples of the church were mega churches. Hallelujah. Hmm? Are you here or go home? Are you here or go home? Are you here? Hallelujah. Now look at me, pastors. We must, the Bible said that the church of Jesus Christ was built on the, upon the foundations of the prophets and the apostles. Is that not so? All right. So now, when the apostles were building the church, what type of churches did they build? They built mega churches. Everybody say mega churches. Lift up your right hand. Say, Lord, Lord. give me a mega church. Yes. You recall, you recall that when the church started, the church of Jesus Christ, when it started, there were 120 people in the upper room. 120 people. When the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people in one day were added to the church. Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, 5,000 people were added to the church. By the time we get to Acts chapter 5, verse 14, the Bible talks about multitudes of men and women being added to the church. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible says, and when the number of the disciples were multiplied. Acts chapter 11, the grace of God brought multitudes into the church. Acts eleven twenty one, Multitudes into the church. Multitudes. And the same Holy Spirit that built those churches, He is the same Holy Spirit that is here today. Hello? Are you telling that? The Holy Spirit has not changed. <laughs> we don't have, we, we have a newer version of phones, a newer version of cars, a newer versions of various things in our world today. But we don't have a newer version of the Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that descended on Peter and helped him to preach for 3,000 people to be saved is the same Holy Spirit who is here today. Are you getting it? And the Holy Spirit was sent to come and help us to build a church. So, that same Holy Spirit eh, is ready to use us to build mega churches. So, when we look at our church, at our churches, alright, 
We must say to our church, to ourselves, no, my church does not resemble, it's not an example of the biblical church. It is not. It is not. It is not. And the Bible says, we must follow those eh, who have inherited the promises. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. And be not slothful, but be ye followers of those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. So the apostles built mega churches. It is time for you and I to rise up also to build mega churches. It's time. We must reject small churches. Listen to me, pastors. I want you to reject the mindset of a small church. I want you to reject it. It is a demon. It's a demon. It is an evil spirit. Reject it. Reject it. Reject it. Say to yourself, oh God, you call me. Listen, God did not call you. God did not call you. Some of you, you have left maybe professions. Maybe you have left some things that you used to do. God did not call you to let you pastor 50 people for the rest of your life. Dr. Yonggi Cho, the pastor that God has used to build the largest church in the world. In 2008, his church had 830,000 people. He's now an old man. He said, as he was building the church, it came to a point that the church grew to 3,000 people. And then the church wouldn't grow again. How many of you realize that sometimes the church doesn't grow again? You can be there for three years. Okay? So he said he became worried. And he went to God and he asked the Lord, did you call me to pastor only 3,000 people? Did you call me to pastor for the rest of my life? And he started his ministry in 1958. In 1958, and by 1968 or so, alright, the church was 3,000. And the Lord told him, if you can have a vision, and you can believe, I'll give you a big church. Yes. And then the church started growing. It grew from 3,000, 6,000, 10,000, 18,000, 50,000, 150,000, 250,000. When he got to 500, he was relaxed in his spirit. And the Lord said, if you can believe me, I can give you more. Yes. And so, he said, let's go now. 600,000, 700,000, 800,000. Then he became relaxed. And the Lord said, if you can believe me, I can give you one million. By that time, he was tired. <laughs> Hello? Yes. It's about a desire. It is about a desire. It is about a desire in your heart. Pastor, the Lord is asking you, what type of desire do you have in your heart? What type of desire? Unfortunately, most of us, our desire is money. Money. Riches. It is true. Pastors, it is true. It is true. It is true. It is true. 
We love money. We want money. That is why you preach the messages that you preach. That is why you do the things that you do. You want money. But the ministry is not a money-making company. If you want, if you want, if you're a pastor and you want money, let me show you a better way. Resign and go and become a banker. Become a businessman. Okay? That is the place. In the church, we are not here to make money. We are here to prosper in souls. Let up your right hand. Say, I'm in the church as a pastor to prosper in souls. Yes. When we say that a pastor is rich, like I'm talking about Dr. Yonggicho, he's rich in souls. 830,000. I got what I'm saying. Yeah. Bishop Oedepo, every Sunday, <laughs> over 400,000 people attend church. Yes. 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 400,000 people. 400,000 people. He had his, his church auditorium. Alright. I think the inside takes 50,000. And then the wings. The wings also take, you know, and then the outside. So now, he's building a new church. How many of you have heard about it? He's building a new church of 100,000 capacity. And we are saying, Bishop, you see, Nigerians, they are a lot. Nigerians, they are a lot. That is why. That is not it. That is not it. That is not it. That is not it. There are a lot of people in this city. There are a lot of people in Kenema. There's a lot of people in Bo. There's a lot of people. A lot of people. Wherever you are, there are a lot of people there. Your church building cannot have the capacity to, have all, to, fill, to, to, to receive all the people that God can give to you. I can assure you. But your heart is not there. Your heart is into other things. The heart of pastors is into business and money. There is an evil spirit in your heart. It must come out. I said it must come out. And I don't care if you are angry with me. I did not come to please you. I came to speak to you the word of God. And you yourself, you can see that I'm speaking to you about the word of God. If you think I came to, to pat you on the back... I did not come to pat you on the back. I came to tell you that there's an evil spirit in your heart. Put away the pomposity. Put that away. Bigness. Bigmanism. You sit in your office and you cross your leg. Get to the job. Let your hands work. When was the last time you did outreach? You the pastor. You did outreach. You walked on the streets. And you did outreach. When was the last time? When was the last time you preached at the crusade? When was the last time? Are you not a big man? They are calling you Papa. 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 You can't even use your hand to eat. They have to hold your hand and put it to your mouth. And you are sitting in a church with 60 people, 70 people, in a place where there are 20,000 people. You should be crying. And weeping and depressed, not being called Papa. 
And I don't care if you don't like my message. It's up to you. It's up to you. You'll be there with your 20 members. Be there. Hallelujah. But we are entering a new season. I said we are entering a new season. A season of the thousands. 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 Clap your hands for the Lord. Next one. Next one. You must have a mega church because a mega church will allow you to have more workers to help you in the church. More workers. More workers. More workers. You must have a mega church. Because a mega church, eh, a mega church would allow you to have more workers. There is no pastor who can do the work of God alone. The reason why many of you you've not been able to build large churches is because you don't have anybody to help you. You don't have anybody. And the reason why you don't have anybody is because there are not many people in the church. No. They are not. They are not. They are not. There are over 2,000 pastors in Lighthouse Chapel International. Sister bishops across the nations. Every bishop is overseeing so many churches. I'm overseeing 400 churches. <laughs> 400 churches. And to do that, I need a lot of people to help me. In January, I don't know what, what is it in general that we had the pastors and shepherds conference. In January, I had, a, I had a conference for the pastors and the workers at my cathedral. There were over 600 people there. Workers in the church. It was not a church service. Workers who helped me in the church. Over 600 of them. We have small groups, cell groups. Do you know about cell groups? Alright? I'll be teaching about cell groups here. We have cell groups. Over 300 of them. And each cell group has its own cell leader. Has its own cell leader. With an assistant. have over 20 pastors at the cathedral. And every pastor is sweating. Is sweating. They cannot do the work. The work is too much. 
On a Sunday, the pastors will mobilize their people in buses and bring them to church. One pastor can bring 400 people. A pastor can bring 250 people. A pastor can be in church of over 50 cells. One pastor. So that pastor also needs, he also needs shepherds, workers to help him. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Eh? It is made possible. Just, just last two weeks, I sent away over 40 people to start 22 new churches. 22 new churches. And in 2016, we started some churches. In 2015, we started some churches. You cannot be starting churches if you don't have people. And you cannot have people if the church are just a few people. How many of you understand that? Yes. So, you see, it has a, a, a ripple effect. You have more people, so more people to train as workers to help you. The workers also go, they increase the work. More people come into the church, the more people are available for you to train. At my cathedral, we have established prayer. Strong prayer. We have grouped... No, this one. This one is in charge. Stand up. This one is in charge of the prayer. We have grouped the different small, small groups in the church. We have, we have grouped them together. And every day, one group is praying. Is that not the case? Every day. Every day. So, in a month, 30 groups are praying. 30 groups are praying. And when you pray on the first, you don't pray again. First of March, you pray. You are going to pray again somewhere in April. Different groups. Different groups. The month of February, I told the pastors, I want us to have a soul winning drive. So every pastor in your area arrange your people to have little, 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 little crusades. Video shows, mini crusades, um, street, corner, concert, whatever it is. Every Friday evening, eh? can we imagine that all over the city, large part of where we are operating. There are groups of 10, there are groups of 15, there are groups of 12, there are groups of 20, scattered all over winning souls. Winning souls. Winning souls. On a typical Sunday at my cathedral, on a typical Sunday, when we say we did not work, there are 100 people Hundred convicts across the cathedral. Hundred. So in a month, minimum four hundred people. Convicts. If we are able to maintain the four hundred, even if we are able to maintain ten percent of that, that is forty. So if we add forty people to the church every month, in ten months, that is four hundred people.
I don't know whether you understand what I'm talking about. That is why you need a mega church. Pastor, a mega church is something that you need. Many of you pastors, you are tired. You are in charge of the choir. You are in charge of the ashes. You are in, ta- in charge of the building project. You are in charge of training the, the workers. You are in charge of everything. You are dying. You are dying. You are dying. You are dying. And your wife is not happy with you. But when you come from, from, from the church and you sleep, you sleep like a... You just sleep. She's not happy with you. When she pushes you, she says, let me sleep. Don't worry. So she's not happy. There's no energy. And you are young. 34 years. But you don't have energy. You look like you have energy. Do you have energy? Yeah, you must have energy to make your wife happy. But the reason why you don't have energy is because you are the master of all trade. You are in charge of everything. You are in charge of everything because you don't have people to help you. So in Exodus chapter 18, when Jethro met Moses, one man, overseeing 3 million people, Jethro told him, what you are doing is not good. You will kill yourself and then you will harm the people. He said, choose men from amongst you and make them the leaders of tens, leaders of fifties, leaders of hundreds, leaders of thousands, and let them help you. Can I have an amen? Why don't you give the Lord a wonderful clap of hands? Let me give you one more. Then we can go. I said 25, but I've given you like what? Nine? Eight. Let me give you nine. This eight. All right. Eight. Eight. You must have a mega church because a mega church will guarantee more income for you to carry out all the different ministries that God lays on your heart. You must have a mega church because a mega church guarantees a high income that will allow you to carry out all the different ministries that God lays upon your heart. The larger the church, the higher the income. Yes. The, 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 the bigger the church, the higher the income. And the more possible it is for you to do all the different things that God wants you to do. Hey, pastors, listen to me. It takes money to buy land. Is that not so? Eh? It takes money to put up a church building. True or false? Some of you don't have church buildings. You don't even have a land. But you have been in ministry for 15 years. Because the income is very small. The income can barely look after you, the pastor, after that is finished. And you have great, a great vision. You want to start an orphanage. Yes. You want to build a Bible school. You want to do different things for the Lord. But you cannot do them because there is no money. And the reason why there is no money is because the church is too small. 
Hello? Eh? But when the church is large, when the church is large, you're going to have a large income. Yeah. Lighthouse Chapel International is a very rich church. Rich. I'll not hide that one from you. When you, are, when you come to Accra today, we have built the biggest private higher educational institution in the country, which is our Bible school. Which is our Bible school. The biggest, the most beautiful. When people come to the campus, <sighs> did, did you see it? Yeah. I'm sure by that time it was not even completed. Google it. It was built by the church. No loans. Nothing from the church. We have built cathedrals. You cannot become a bishop in our church if you don't have a, a cathedral. And an office block complex. You cannot become a bishop. You cannot. We have bought properties all over the world. You go to England. We bought a church of England. Um, how do you call it? A cathedral. Beautiful. Big. Everywhere. South Africa. Australia. Name it. From the church. From the church. We have put up church buildings. As I'm speaking right now, we are undertaking not less than 500 church building projects all across the nations. Including Papua New Guinea and Fiji and Kingston in Jamaica and um, Guyana and places like that. From Africa, Accra. From Accra. Hello? It is made possible not by being handsome. But it's made possible by having money. Yes, money. Money. And putting the money to the right use. Hello? And putting the money to the right use. Some of you pastors, you don't have a church burden, but you drive a good car. You are not wise. You are not. Your church is meeting under a shed. And you have built a church building for your, you have built a house, a nice big house for yourself. You are not wise. You are not. You are not. You don't know that you have to establish the church first. You have to establish the church first. Bishop, do you know the car that Bishop Dad drives? He drives a pickup. As of today, he drives a pickup. Do you know a pickup? Is that a pickup here? How do they call a pickup here? Huh? Half back truck. The truck at the back. Yes, it has a front. It's not a four car. It's not a four. Okay, it has a front and then a flat. That's a pickup. That's what he drives. Listen, the man he presides over an international, listen, an international organization of 3,000 churches in more than 70 countries that has millions of dollars. He drives a pickup. You, 
You are having church in the dust. And you are driving a nice car to show that you are a man of God. You are not wise. And when I finish this conference and I go, look, Bishop, don't invite me back. It's okay. Don't invite me back. It's okay. Don't like me. But the Bible said that wisdom is justified with her children. Anybody who is spiritual here, God is speaking to you. How many of you believe that God is speaking to you? How many of you believe that God is speaking to you? Yes. Hallelujah. 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 May you have a large income. May God give you a lot of people. Every dream that God has placed in your heart, may it become possible in the name of the Lord Jesus. I see you having a mega church. 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 Stand to your feet and lift up your hands and begin to pray. And say, Lord, Lord, please. Lord, I desire a mega church. I desire a mega church. Lift up your hands, everybody. And begin to pray. Lift up your hands. Please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. Lift up your voice and pray. Lord, I desire a mega church. Lord, I desire a mega church. Give me a mega church, Lord. Give me a mega church, Lord. Give me a mega church, Lord. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Pray from your heart. Cry to the Lord. Cry to the Lord. I desire a mega church, 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 Lord. Give me a mega church. Give me a mega church. Give me a mega church. I cannot hear you. Lift up your voice and cry. Lift up your voice and pray. Give me a mega church, Lord. Lika toba ya tole masia. Iyelelelele bosia tole ba. Ibroka tole le bosia ta. Iya katuli ya balele mo. Imamali mo zia kapa. Araka taba le baba. Ibroka tole bazuri ata.
Represented here. Yes, Lord. Send the increase, Lord. Send the increase. Let the wind of your spirit blow. Oh, yes. Just like you blew, oh God, meat from the sea to the people of Israel in the desert. Blow the ship. Yes. Blow the ship. Yes, Lord. Blow the ship. Yes, Lord. In their thousands into our churches. Grant us the wisdom and the anointing for the mega church. We thank you. 
we receive the mega church. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a wonderful clap of hope. Oh, give the Lord a wonderful, wonderful clap. been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral Collegon, opposite the College Main Gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant View Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.